to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Got it. All right. All right. Welcome to a very special episode of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, we are talking unions on this podcast. Uh, as people probably are aware, they listen to this thing regularly. We are very much pro-union. We've been um, advocating for unions for a long time, even before the in-house broadcasters decided they wanted to be a union. And now we actually have something to, to talk about with vis-a-vis our team and uh, and some union stuff so um nick quinn is on the podcast tonight uh to inform people as to what's going on with with that process and everything so nick um thank you for joining and maybe tell people a little bit about yourself yeah of course i'm happy to be on um i've been working for minnesota united since 2016 um in several positions in the broadcast side you know when we first started we were doing the physical broadcast ourselves. Um, when we were in the NASL and now when they went to MLS, they transitioned that whole crew to what's called the in-house broadcast crew. Um, so I've been doing that for seven years. I'm a camera operator. That's how I make my money and pay my bills. Um, United is my favorite place I work. It's not the only place I work. I work on all sides of the industry, broadcast, in-house, corporate shows, you know, whatever. Um, but so I'll just get into the union stuff. So what had, what has happened is when the team went to MLS, um, they gave us one raise. That was the only raise I've ever received. Um, to this is, this is in 2017, correct? Yes, in 2017, of course. So I, five, I rattle this stuff off all the time. <laughs> five, five years ago, pre-COVID, all that yep. shit. So yeah. So we we got one raise then, and since then, nothing, right? And every year you don't get a raise, you get a pay cut, especially with inflation. It is now. It's a big pay cut, and so um what happened was we were classified as 1099 contractors independent contractors the state came in audited the team um said they were misclassifying us forced them to correctly classify us um in december of 2021 and so with that um we were transitioned to w-2s so that takes our take-home pay down even further even though taxes are going out our take-home checks are smaller and again they're shrinking every year so what had happened was i talked to all the camera operators, about 10 of them. And we decided enough's enough. We're gonna try and write a letter, ask for a raise, ask for some safety improvements, ask for parking and you know, give it a shot. And so we tried that and the team took a full month to respond. And uh, in a letter that I will describe as inappropriate, um, very legally, um, they said no. And so we started talking with IATSE at that point and started collecting cards. And, you know, from then on, that's how we got to here. Can you, I guess, the, the, <clears throat> the one big question I have, and I'm 100% supportive of, of your, your, the work you guys are doing, that, that, mis, that, that misclassification, because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, when the Department of, the, the Minnesota Department of Revenue comes in and has to, like, put, like, slap your wrist, that's not 
that's not nothing, right? No. So, so what, so what happened? Can you explain a little bit? Can you explain a little bit more about like that part of it? Absolutely. So what happened was, um, we a couple of other of our crew got these letters from the state, and they were very threatening letters. It made they kind of freaked us out a lot, and it essentially said, um, under the threat of a subpoena, fill out this questionnaire. Um, and do an interview with someone at the Department of Revenue. Um, in my case, uh, I ignored it because <laughs> I forgot about it. And so they sent me second one and I forgot about it again. And the third one, they're like, you need to do this now. So I caught on it. I had this interview. They were asking, you know, they're looking for things, you know, the difference between a contractor and an employee are, you know, do you work in the same location every day? Do you bring your own tools? Are they provided? Um, you know, kind of things like that. And so throughout that interview, they're asking those questions, trying to discern, you know, what classification should be. And we should be classified as employees. And this misclassification is prevalent in our industry. Um, there are teams in town, I won't name them, that do this as well. Um, and they have gotten slapped on the wrist and gotten away with it. United got caught. And, you know, that's why we're here today. So that was like, that was not maybe like the factor, but that was like a, a germinating reason why, like maybe actually we should think about unionizing or was, was that just like a, a, a thing that on the road to unionizing? So, yeah, that's a great question. Um, that helped us, you know, gave us that push. And we'd be, dis we have been discussing the previous season. Like we would joke with the manager, like, Hey, when are we getting our raises? Oh, this pay is not good. Kind of in a fun way because we get along pretty well with our manager. I'm not going to name names, but I have nothing bad to say about our direct manager. He's a great guy. Him and I are friends. We started with United at the same time. And so we've gone through the whole time together. Um, so we joke with him, but he has no power, right? If he could snap his fingers and give us everything we wanted, he would. And I believe that. Um, so, you know, we've been joking about it and when this letter came, we had those interviews, it kind of gave us that final push to try to do something and see if we could get anything done. And so can you, can you say again, just so that people I mean, may have skipped over some stuff or whatever, um, the things that you asked the team for that they said no to? Absolutely. Um, so parking, parking is the number one thing with our whole crew. We do not have parking, but some people do. Um, the team will provide parking on a case-by-case -case basis to certain employees or, for instance, our director, she um, gets parking every game and she should. She's great. That's what she demanded. She got to negotiate and that also gave us that idea to try to negotiate for ourselves. Parking is the number one thing. I will say the broadcast crew, um, the team pays for their parking. They park at the Herbers lot. They all walk over. The team provides it. I'll point out the stadium is surrounded by five lots the team owns. They could I've do it. I have I have lots of questions and issues with as a Midway resident about all those lots as well, but that's a whole another yeah. thing. So, so parking is the number one issue. Number two okay. is pay, obviously. Um, right. I'll, I'll talk. Haven't had a race since 2017. That's, that's yeah. I'll talk insane. numbers. We yeah. had we started at 35 dollars an hour in uh, 2017. That was the industry's in-house standard at that time, which was fine. Um, as years go on, you know inflation, whatever, we're getting high, you know, better and better at our jobs. They have people trying to pull us to do other things. For instance, the broadcast side, broadcast side pays double. You know, if I'm making 200 a game, I can go work a TV camera position. I can make 500 a game plus benefits, which 
you know, the average benefit payout for a broadcast side is like 120 on average split between healthcare, annuity, and pension. So, you know, it's tough for me to justify doing in-house when I can go do that. Um, so pay is a big thing. The, sec- the third thing is the safety issues that we have. The number one one that we talk about, this first interview we did with Fox 9, it was the Wonderwall camera. Um, for those of you who don't know, we use these big box lenses. The lens itself is 60 pounds. It's really awkward to carry. It's heavy. Um, the tripod itself, probably 50 to 60 pounds as well, plus all of the, the gear that we have to carry up. And it's usually two, maybe four of us are trying to get these up the bleachers and then down after the game. And after the game, covered in garbage, covered in beer, you know, it's slippery if it's rained, it's not safe. And there's two, you know, the two main issues are if we drop it, if someone could get hurt or killed if it's coming careening down the stands Two, that whole system costs over 250 grand. We drop it a little bit, that lens cracks, tough luck, it's broken. And so we've talked to the team about this, you know, the first month the stadium opened maybe right away. And they had said, oh, we looked into putting a lift. It's too expensive. We looked into putting a locker up there. It's too expensive. The camera's 250 grand. You know, what's the justification there? I mean, yeah, like a lockbox up there seems way cheaper than potentially losing a $250,000 camera and and, and, or the the lawsuits that will follow, like if someone slips and then drops that camera on themselves. It doesn't even get killed just like just gets injured or something you know like the workers comp is going to be way more than that so um, let's talk about workers comp real quick yeah okay yeah please by all means and our so when we were 1099 contractors we legally weren't entitled to workers comp we're legally supposed to carry our own insurance nobody does so in our letter the inappropriate part that united responded was well your safety issues now you get workers comp now that you're an employee we didn't before, but now you do. Like, what kind of answer is that? Oh, fuck you for the first couple of years. If you got hurt, here's your day, pay and get the fuck out, right? Like, what the hell? That one takes me off. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so can you walk us through a little bit, sort of like from your original, your first meetings with with some of the other operators and things like that, um, and to where we are now in terms of like with the team and all that stuff. And I, I'm happy to, I'll, I'll probably jump in and have questions and stuff, but like, you Absolutely. can just sort of like give us the timeline from when you started, like when you first engaged the team with that letter in these conversations saying, listen, please help us do our jobs better. Yeah. And then, and then, and the team saying, fuck you basically. And then where we are now, which again, yeah. is the team saying, fuck you. So <laughs> you'll say it. Not, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> not, 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 not to, not to, uh, 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 you know, highlight the overarching theme here, but yeah, go ahead. First, I will first say this. I'm a huge fan of the team. I, I like everyone I work with. The union stuff has made people uncomfortable, intense, whatever. I still get along with everyone I work with. We still joke around whatever side of it they're on. Um, I'll get right into the letters. So um, when we had our switch to W2 employees, we got our offer letter. It was at $35 an hour. We were disappointed. Um, within three days, I think it was three days, I organized the camera guys, which is not easy to do. We're all gig shift workers, you know, going, working Timberwolves one day, Twins, Vikings, whatever. I should also point out here to, to people that are not, like, you guys are not full-time employees. You guys are, like, 
part-time employees barely and that yep. you work you work i'm sure you guys all work around the different air arenas and and things around the the, the city so like, yeah it's not like it's not like we're talking about 25 or 30 like eight eight hour a week you know eight 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 hours a day 40 hours a week people these are mm -hmm. um folks who are, are working many gigs trying to get by yeah i mean up until this year when i was able to join the broadcast side of the union i i was working minnesota united every game they had i was working for the gophers as a freelancer so i was filming basketball hockey men and women basketball football special events i was at the timberwolves doing anything i could and it, it's and then you have these community stations for instance, CTN and Coon Rapids, they film St. Paul Saints. So all of us are trying to string together all these different jobs to try to put together an income. And in-house does not pay enough as is for that to be a viable career. And that's one of the things we're trying to change is, I, this is one of the things I really want to talk about is this misconception of we just want free healthcare. It's not at all the case or how it works. How IATSE's healthcare plan works is, each show you work, you get um, a contribution from the employer into a fund, a healthcare fund, an annuity fund, which is just a 401k. Um, I have numbers for a healthcare, but you know, let's say it's like 80, I think it's $80 a game for a 10 hour shift, which is what TV does. So every 10 hour shift, you get $80 put into this healthcare fund. That money is yours. You can get um, you know, a, a normal healthcare plan, or if you're like me and you get healthcare through your spouse, I can get an HSA plan and pay off whatever bills I have. But a lot of the people we work with and our crew is very young. It's a lot of college kids. I'm one of the oldest people on the crew and I'm 27. They're starting to realize I need to get healthcare in a couple of years. How am I going to do that? I can't do that doing all this in-house stuff. I need a union to come in and like give us that that bridge and help me get there. Um, that's right. really important. And that's a huge misconception we've seen. I mean, this would all be solved if we just had universal fucking healthcare, but that's, I mean, I agree with you. That's the whole, <laughs> listen, man, I, I worked on it, uh, in for Minnesota for many years back in my, in my youth as well. And, uh, I think it's sooner rather than later, but sooner might be like when my kid's 20, um, which is like 50, <laughs> 18 years from now. So, uh, yeah. um, okay. So are the letters, is that what you wanted? Yeah. 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 So like, so, so you, you, you did not just like unilaterally tell the team you were filing for a union, right? Like you went Absolutely to the team and said, not. here's, here's, here's the things that we'd like. And then the team said, fuck you. All right. Yeah. Here, I'll read, I'll read you a portion of our letter. I have it pulled up. Um, I'll just get to the, we, you know, we're like, Hey, we're excited to work the next season we're excited blah 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 our main requests are a ten dollar an hour raise to get us more in line with what broadcast pays it's still less than what broadcast makes but it was closer um so that was about 225 a game is what we were asking for we're asking parking provided or a transit reimbursement for those of us like me who take the bus to the game um a fix for our safety issue on camera four which we've discussed i can talk till my face turns blue about it and then um, some of the guys, uh, one aspect of in-house that's different than broadcast is on broadcast, you get an hour lunch usually. In-house, the team usually provides you a meal because we're working over meal times. And so how United does it is they give us um, at the time a $14 an hour meal voucher to go to a concession stand to get, you know, whatever. 
Um, after working there for three years, you get sick of the food. It's not healthy. If you have a lot of games one week, you start to feel sick from it. And so where we meet before the game is the press food. We have a meeting in front of the press food and we see these employees going to eat it and people kind of are like, why can't we just eat it? That stuff is good. It's healthy. It's not chicken strips, you know, every game. Um, that one was less important, but some of the guys really wanted us to throw it on and see what we could do. No, that, that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds less important, obviously, but it definitely, like, if you're trying, you know, you're trying to take care of yourself and all that, like, just eating fried food every game. I mean, I, I worked, so, um, for when I was 15 years old, I was a bad boy at the St. Paul Saints game. Mm-hmm. Saint, Saints games back in the old Midway Stadium. And so, like, I ate. I mean, I was 15, a wrestler, baseball player. And I was like, yeah, man, I'll eat all these fucking hot dogs and chicken strips and all that. Like, and I can just, but like if 29 year old me was like, all you can eat is hot dogs and chicken strips and all that. I would be like, yeah, no, that's a hard, hard pass, man. Hard pass. I'll say the saints. I work at the saints occasionally, not so much anymore, but I used to work a lot at CHS field. They, they used to have meal vouchers. Now they cater food in for us. And that's, that's a much amazing. lower budget operation than Minnesota United is. And they can figure it out and they can afford it. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, that's, it's kind of stunning that, um, that it's, it's gotten to this point. So, so you, you gave that letter to the team when again, and then. I, December the... 20th of 2021 at 8, okay. 12 a.m. Okay. <laughs> And so, and so now, and so now we're about eight months later. Um, mm-hmm. and then you guys, you, you secured your cards and submitted that to the NLRB mm-hmm. at what point we, we filed last week, I believe Thursday. I don't know for certain if that was it or not, but it was last week. Um, and so now the process is, um, we're trying to, we try to come to an agreement with the team on who qualifies for our union. Um, if they're going to force us to include people that we don't want to include that don't make sense with the broadcast union, like I don't want to give examples because I don't want to get into that, but things like that could happen or um, this new law firm, Little or Mendelssohn could come in and just start litigating things, making it dirty, complicated, trying to force, you know, people who don't meet our qualifications into dilute the voting pool. And that's, you know, something that we're paying attention to. And so they just to let everybody know, like you need 50% plus one to, yep. to, to certify the union. The 50% has, of voters plus one. Voters so if only one. five people vote, you need three. Correct. Uh, and then, and then the team has consistently said um, on social media and when people have contacted them, that they are not anti-union, they are pro vote. Um, I know that the Wonderwall has um, specifically said, well, cool, just let them vote. Don't mess around. And this um, y- this news of, of hiring uh, Littler and Mendelssohn is, uh, is not great. And can you, can you explain maybe a little bit why? Yeah. So um, this, is, this law firm is not a local law firm. United has lawyers that they work with normally that could handle negotiations, educating them about what's going on. You don't hire this company unless you're going to union bus. They are famous for Starbucks, which let's be real is not going very well for them um, and fighting Amazon right now. 
which fighting eh, for Amazon against fighting for Amazon. Yeah, they're fighting for Amazon and fighting yeah. for Starbucks. And yeah. so this is not a law firm you hire to advise you. This is a law firm you hire to come in and kill the drive, make it messy, make it painful. And so, I mean, this is a team outwardly progressive, right? They try to walk the walk, talk the talk, but they don't back it up behind the scenes, right? Uh, we have politicians working behind the scenes on our behalf. This Most of this is not 100% public, but there are politicians calling them on our behalf. And the team has not been honest with them. And they've dealt with the consequences behind the scenes. I will say that they've not been honest with um, the supporter groups. Uh, I am on the Wonderwall board and we had a meeting with the team two days ago on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't, I can't divulge on this podcast. The, the, they, they said things that were literal lies um, to me, to my face. Sherry Ballard said things to my face that were bald face lies. And so it's, it's a very frustrating time to be a fan of this team for, for many reasons, like, Above and beyond the union stuff, it's a frustrating time. But like this stuff, doubly so. So, yeah, I mean, I hear you. And, you know, some of this union busting that's going on is what we're calling Minnesota nice union busting. And when you when you read it on the surface, it seems kind and nice. But when you dig under it, it is not. It is written by a lawyer. It's meant to deceive can you can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I think your your email or your your tweet thread about like the letter that was sent from Sherry to you guys is like a great example. Like, where people will see that and be like, "Oh, okay, they're trying to be nice and work with you guys and all that." But like, can you explain how and why that is union busting language? I think because I think I mean I had to explain it to several people who are yeah. diehard fans of the team who are very much pro union people, um, mm-hmm. but like had no idea that. Like, and I was like, Oh yeah, no, this is classic. Anti- this is classic union busting language. And they're yeah. like, I don't understand it. And so I had to explain it to them. So can you maybe like, you don't have to like break down the entire letter. Yeah. But if you can maybe give some people some thoughts and, and things they should look for. Yeah. When they're, when they're seeing te- communications from the team, um, re this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what happened? She sent us this letter and on the surface, you skim through it and you're like, Oh, as a club, we support our team members rights in this process. Okay. Whatever. Let us vote. Then, you know, they're saying things like that. They're doing, um, I'm trying to skim through it here. Uh, one of the things that was funny, it was, they keep trying to minimize what we've done in our accomplishments. Right. So they're saying some of our part-time staff, we have an overwhelming majority. And I mean, overwhelming, I can't get numbers in, but it is strong. So that's a bald faced lie. Um, and then they just work on games. We do all sorts of events for the team. We're going to be at uh, there for the MLS all-star game four days in a row, things like that. Um, and then when they say, you know, we'll respect whatever the election outcome is legally, they don't get a choice. If we vote yes, they have to negotiate with us. So when you're seeing communications from the team coming out, especially now after they've hired this law firm, if it pertains to the union, you need to have, you know, really think critically because they're going to start twisting words. They're going to start saying things that seem nice, but underneath are not. And they're going to try to start pushing this narrative that you don't need the union. The union is bad. The union's just in it for, you know, dues or whatever 
bullshit they're going to spew now. And, you know, I've had this conversation with our crew too, is like, just be critical, think critically. Um, so how are, you, how, are you, how are you feeling about the solidarity with the people that you work with? Um, and is there anything that like people can do to help push that other than, I mean, obviously wearing red to the stadium. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I was not able to go to the game last night. I had my own soccer game at of eight. And so, I mean, I, I'm a Liverpool fan, so I would have been wearing red anyways. And I, I will continue to wear red uh, to the stadium as long as all of this shit is going on. But is there anything else that the team can do uh, or that the, the fans of the team, people who listen to this podcast could do um, to help support the work that you guys are trying to do? So I will say, when, since we announced, we had a very strong majority then. Our majority has grown. And that was because people on the fence saw the insane amount of support from the fans, from our local politicians, community leaders. I'm not kidding. We had people join, sign cards because of that. So that alone has been massively helpful. What we can do going forward, um, red's nice. It's good to show the team that we're united. I wore, I wore my union shirt at the last game. Um, I will be doing broadcast for the next couple of games, so I will not, you know, be involved as close as I want to be. Things like that. Tweeting, retweeting our stuff helps. Calling your, you know, season ticket rep. They're probably annoyed and pissed off with us. But And, and, and if you if you do that, please be respectful. Um, always be respectful. They are just doing their yes. job. They're, they, they're not making decisions on this thing. No. Um, if you email them or you call them, please, like, just reiterate that you support this and that you want yeah. them to like let their boss know and their boss's boss know and their boss's boss's boss. So yeah. yeah. Cause I, yeah. So anyways, keep, keep going the Nick. Absolutely. They're doing their jobs. It's not their fault. They're not the decision maker. I, I completely agree. Um, but things like that, just support us because you know, it's all at the team's hands. And when we get to do our election and what we're waiting now is to see what the team does with this law firm, we're ready to, you know, we're, we have plans in place depending on what they do, but it's just down to what they do and then how we react and then how the supporters support us in our actions. And we have been blown away by the support we've received. Honestly, this has gone better than we could have imagined um, from the community, from the politicians, from the supporters groups. And I just want to say from the organizing committee and the crew, you know, it's very much appreciated and, you know, we couldn't have gotten here without you guys' help. That's super, yeah, super cool. Good, good to hear. Um, is there anything else you need, you want people to, to know about this uh, drive, the, 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 the push here, like anything that is important for people to know? Yeah, um, you know, there's one thing that we're going to start focusing on a little bit more with our public outreach and our political outreach. And, you know, as a team, outwardly progressive, as we've discussed, but having very anti-union actions behind the scenes, hiring this law firm, the letters, the forced meetings that we've had, you know, it makes you think about Bill McGuire and his development plans for that Midway lot, all yeah. those lots. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you right there because I don't think people know about forced meetings. And so... Oh. The yeah, captiva- let's talk captivated about it. audience meetings. And then we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to um, Absolutely. Bill McGuire's uh, desire to 
not be anti-union because he has a lot of shit going on in St. Paul. So can you tell, so to, please tell people a little bit about captivated, captivated audience meetings. And, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're fucking illegal as far as I'm concerned uh, and will be probably illegal very soon. Um, and yeah. So, so a captive audience meeting for those who don't know is um, the employer takes um, all the employees while they're on the clock and forces them into a meeting. So what happened, there have been two and there, um, I don't remember the dates, but there were a couple of games ago. Um, there's one and then one the next game. I was at the second meeting. Um, so what happens is we have our normal meeting with our director. Um, she goes over what we're going to do for the day, whatever our assignments. And then they say, hey, we're having a meeting right now. Everyone needs to come into the control room. So everyone goes in. It's super tense and weird. And then an HR lady who I've never seen comes in and starts relaying messages from Sherry Ballard. And, and the second meeting, what they did was they broke apart our letter that we sent in December with our four requests. And they went piece by piece down that letter and they said, we're working on it. We don't have a solution. Management, I'm saying management, our boss, I don't want to say his name, is working on it. And they kept throwing him under the bus, which we're very loyal to him. We very much like him. And that did not sit well with most people. But in these meetings, it's propaganda. They're stretching the truth. They're trying to convince you not to vote while saying, we want you to vote. It's very, very serious. It's important that you do this. We want you to hear both sides. There's no two sides. We've been asking for this stuff for three years and they're just delaying. And it, it's important to note that like they, the, the team legally can have these on company hours the, the union cannot actually do these things on company hours yep. so you would need to so in theory you would need to if you want to have the same sort of like meeting with people you have to be after the game is done mm -hmm. someplace in the midway mm -hmm. at 11 o'clock at night or something right like or 10 o'clock yep. at night right so like yep. or or at three o'clock in the afternoon mm -hmm. when you a lot of you guys are working you're, you're doing one job and you're coming over to the other job. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's, there's not like theoretically feasible to do. Yeah. Um, but, the, but, the, but because the, the employer, um, because you know, the jackboot of uh, Minnesota United can just say, we'll, we'll pay you for like an hour of us just jamming propaganda down your throat. They can do that. So I, I got two things to say about that. Um, in the meetings, take that as you will um so you know these things and from the political pressure that we put on after that second meeting they have not had the balls to do another one i think the pressure i mean all of the politicians we've been working with came down hard on them after that second meeting so you know fingers crossed that they get the message that these are not okay um but who knows with this new law firm we don't know what's going to happen again we're waiting to see right Okay, so sorry. So I, we explained a little bit about the captive audience yeah. meetings again, which I think are totally fucking illegal and will eventually in the next probably like two months be rendered illegal by the NLR, NLRB. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually going to happen because Biden appointed a bunch of people to that board. So I mean, the guy's doing one thing. Okay, I guess. Um, so Sorry, I, I I forgot where we were. Like, I wanted to, I stopped you at the captive audience meeting stuff. Yeah, we're talking the, about the development plans for Midway. Right. So so the other so the other thing, um, I guess is that yes, 
So Bill McGuire has a has a master plan for that entire development. Um, he clearly needs he's going to need the city council, um, which is all Democrats to be and on we, board yeah, with, with that. We've been in communication with the city council a lot, specifically and, uh, council member Nelson. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad this is just me doing an aside. I'm kind of glad Daitao is like leaving because as I like him as a friend and a person, he's a fucking terrible council member. And um, I'm saying that out loud just, yeah. and I, and I'm, Mitra is my, uh, she's my council member and she's fucking great. And I, she's mine as well. I'm, yes. I'm, I love to have her. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, Dr. McGuire can't come out being anti-union because he has all this shit in the, in the pipeline. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think personally, and I'll, I'll just, I'll say this out loud. You can either confirm or deny if you want, or just not say anything is that, there's McGuire's not the only owner of this team, right? There's several other billionaires in Minneapolis and St. Paul who uh, are part owners of this team. And, and, and also above and beyond that, like MLS um, has, I think a vested interest in you guys not unionizing because if you guys unionize, what's to stop the in-house broadcast crew from LAFC or the Portland Timbers or the Chicago Fire uh, or the Minnesota Twins or the St. Paul Saints? Like what? all yeah. of these teams, to, all of these in-house people to like sort of take up that mantle. Um, and so I'm not sure how much you are want to or willing to say vis-a-vis a podcast, but I think it's, I think it's something if you... you Whenever, when I look at this team, whenever there are big money, and this is not even big money things, but like there are money things happening, like look at who's fucking involved and then make your conclusions from there. That's what I would say. What I will say is um, in-house people throughout, I can only speak for our area. I don't know about the rest of the country, but I would assume it's the same, are underpaid. We rarely ever get raises. We're not treated particularly well. Um, uh, and I, uh, support them and doing what they feel like they need to do right now. We're only focused on Allianz field and our unionizing our unionization drive. So that's all I could say about that. Cause I don't know what's going on at the other places, but, um, going back to the, the, the development plans, the other thing that he needs is he needs construction unions to be able to work at on these sites and these, these unions, I used to work for the carpenters union in their uh, regional office. I know they don't, they do not look on misclassification lightly. That's one of the main things they go after is misclassification, things like that. Um, We're in discussions with a couple of them for statements, but that's just discussions at this point, but they're aware of what's going on and they're paying very close attention to what Dr. Bill does. Yeah. So, okay. That's good to know. It's, Man, it's just really fucked, isn't it? It could, you know, it could be so e- it could be so easy, but it's not. It, yeah, it, I mean, it was a slam dunk. Recognize the union, get all that great PR that they needed. But you know, we we, you know, who knows what's gonna happen? We were ready. We have the numbers. We're not worried about winning it. It's just how ugly it gets. And you know, we're doing the right thing. 
And, you know, I'm happy to be the public face of it and take the pressure and whatever, because a lot of these people that we work with don't want to risk losing their other jobs at other in-house places or wherever they may work, you know, so this is just to get us a better deal and be treated fairly. And, you know, that's all we're trying to do is get a fair deal. Um, I think that's a, a fantastic place to end it. Um, Nick, if people want to learn more about the union effort and things you guys are doing, where should they go? Everything we do is at our Twitter account at MNUFC Union. I'm sure you got most of you have heard about it. We post updates. We have a couple plans for things to do down the pipeline. Um, that's basically the only place you'll find us except at games when we'll be working and we can't talk. So <laughs> don't come yell at us when we're working. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then if you are a supporter um, going to the matches, uh, wear red, please. Wear red. Yes, please. It, yes. It, every little bit helps. You know, I know it's kind of corny, but, you know, it really helps us see that we're, we're supported. Yeah, it help, I mean, it helps you guys see that you're supported, but also like shows the team that there are people who um, care about this stuff. And and I mean, I don't know, it, like I'm I'm very, very seriously considering just getting rid of my season ticket. And you have until I think the end of the month, um, if you are a season ticket holder to like just get rid of your ticket and tell the team this is the reason why you're getting rid of your ticket. Now, again, whether that moves the math in whatever favor there shouldn't be any math here. Like it's, it's, this is just a win if they just acknowledge the union and let you guys bargain. I mean, all the <laughs> voluntary <laughs> recognition has, has gone out. Now yeah. we just need them to be neutral. That yeah. is all we're asking. Just no more meetings, no more emails. Just be quiet. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so that's, that, that, that's, a, that, that's a big ass. So no more meetings, just be neutral. Let the, let the process happen mm -hmm. as it should happen. Um, and if, there's no intervention from the team. When do you expect that like process to happen? So it's all in government's hands right now. Uh, maybe mid-August. We have a, we might have a hearing early August to determine who qualifies, and then you know once their ruling is handed down, um, it's ten days. They'll mail the ballots if that's what we decide to do versus an in-person, and then it's ten days, and then okay. it's done, and then we negotiate or we don't. Okay. All right, so wear red, support uh, MNUFC Union on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else, Nick, that you should know, that people should know? Nope, I, uh, I appreciate all your support. We all do, and uh, keep it up. All right, thanks, man. I, I appreciate this conversation, and uh, um, yeah, we're, we're, we fully support you, and, and we're going we're gonna to keep pushing you guys until you get that union vote, so. Thank you. Land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our Come thing, son. Y'all yeah. know we can't do nothing at all.
got kings. The mass line.